0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you and God bless you. It says ye also as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy pre- priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable acceptable to God by Christ Jesus, Amen. It's um, I, I know there's a lot of misunderstanding at times about priesthood and so long. If you get into the Roman Church, Roman Catholic Church, there are only certain people that are priests. But the Bible says that ye are a chosen generation. The ye are, speaking of the church, a royal priesthood. Amen. And so we are able to minister each one of us individually before the altar. Amen. And before God, we don't have to have a priest to minister for us. We don't have to have a priest to to pray for us. I mean, I, I like having someone to pray for me, but we don't have to have a priest to pray for us. We can go to God, we can pray to Him, we can minister before the altar, if you will, amen. And so, I was reading in my, it may have been yesterday or today, I was reading in my Bible reading, and I've gotten into Exodus, I've kind of gotten stuck a little bit there, but I've, 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 I've been reading a little bit at a time, and, and uh, I, I got into to Exodus, the 28th chapter, and what I, what I have to do many times when I get into these books, the Old Testament book, I have to stop myself and slow down and just read because there's a lot of treasure in them. But, but if you're not careful, you'll just skim over it while you're reading. Learn something when you're reading the Bible. Sometimes when you read a chapter, amen, you'll find out if you're not careful that you don't have the foggiest idea what you just read. You're just reading your Bible, reading for the day. And you go past it. If you had to have, have a quiz on that, you couldn't answer a single question right. What was the book you just read? I have no idea. And so there's many times that I have went back and and went through uh, that chapter again and slowed down. Amen. I went through Romans very slow because it's one of the most phenomenal and fascinating books that you'll ever find, amen, amen, and uh, actually I am in Romans right now, uh, and I'm going through it really slow, but uh, it is, uh, when I got into Exodus, I read the 28th chapter of Exodus, and then I went to 29, and I thought, nope, I'm going to go back, and I read 28 again, and I've read the 29th chapter several times today, amen, and uh, and I, I began to just notice some things that were fascinating, and this was dealing with the way that If you would, it was dealing with the ordination or the consecration of Aaron the priest, the high priest, and the sons of Aaron. And so it starts out in the first verse of Exodus 29, and this is the thing. Now the 28th chapter talks about the garments of the priest, but in the 29th chapter it says, "...and this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them, to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest office." Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish. And unleavened bread and cakes unleavened, tempered with oil, and wafers unleavened, anointed with oil of wheat and flour, shalt thou make them. Thou shalt put them into one basket, and bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. And so God said, here is the way you're going to do it. Amen. You're going to take one bull, you're going to take two rams, And you're going to take unleavened bread in in a couple of different varieties that is anointed with oil. You've got to have this ready. It's interesting about how that this is done and how that 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 it is applied here. Amen. Things don't happen by accident. Not in God's economy. Amen. I know that the Bible says time and chance happens to us all and there's a lot of different things that go on and we look at it we say well that's just life. But in God's economy, Amen, the way that God works things, God knows what He's doing and God wants things done a certain way. There is a place for detail in the church of God. Amen. Amen. A lot of people think that living for God is some slipshod, haphazard thing. It is not. Amen. Amen. There is a place where we get down and say this, the Scripture, thus saith the Word of God. And I'm going to live according to the Word of God. Amen. And I'm going to do what the Word of God tells me to do. Oh, I've told this story many times. You probably don't want to hear it anymore. But if you've ever heard of the rock band Van Halen, anybody heard this story? Amen. <laughs> hey there was a rock band called Van Halen, and the lead guitarist of Van Halen was a fella called Eddie Van Halen, and he was a, he was a, um, uh, a he was one of the best guitarists ever, tremendous guitarist, and um, he just died of cancer a few a years some ago. Anyway, Eddie Van Halen had a a contract that he would um that he would make with every concert venue that he went to <laughs> and my my daughter my son-in-law and my other daughter are thinking, we've heard this story several times but anyway a- every concert venue that he went to he would have this um this this big thick contract with the concert venue if he played for for you know Whatever, whatever. Uh, what's a place in uh, uh, that the, the sons play? Uh, I can't remember. Footprint. Okay, they change it every week. <laughs> okay, if they if he went to Co- Footprint Center, he would go in there and he would he would have this 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 concert contract that he would give to the people, and and he would say, I want this done to the letter. I want it taken care of to the letter. And, and on, I believe it was page 147 of that contract, was a, a rule or a, a, just, there was a, a deal in there that said, there, backstage, there has got to be a bowl of plain M&Ms with no brown M&Ms in it you got to have a bowl of plain M&M's with no brown M&M's in it. And when he would go in and getting ready for the concert, if there, were, if there was a bowl of M&M's that had brown M&M's in it, he would throw a fit, and, and many times he threatened to close down the concert. People were like, what's the problem? He don't like brown ones, you he don't like Mexicans? Some people actually said that. Is he racist against Mexicans? Silly. He, and, and after a while, he explained it. He said... I put that there so that that they understood the importance of detail. If they missed that detail, they would miss other details. And so if they were that slipshod about the way they did things, then they would be slipshod about other things. And if you've ever read about concerts, stages collapse and people get killed. And he was like, we're not going to have that Eddie Van Halen concert. Now, we might almost kill each other while we're on there, but we're not going to have the stages go down. And so God really does care about detail. And he told these folks, he said, I want there to be one bull and two rams, and he laid it out, and he said, you put in one basket, the bread and the oil, you bring it before me, and and this is important. The reason it's important is God wanted things to be prepared beforehand. It's interesting that so many people want the blessings of God, amen, they want the uh, anointing of God, they want the favor of God, They're not real interested in the sacrifice, uh, and they're not real interested in doing it the way it ought to be done. And he said, this needs to be ready beforehand. Uh, Amen. The bull and the rams uh, chosen, the bread baked and anointed, all gathered together. Why is this? Because he wanted them to be, a word that my daughter introduced to me in this way, wanted them to be intentional. Amen. He wanted them to be intentional. We're going to do it this way. God wants it this way. Amen. Why couldn't they do it in two baskets? Uh, Why couldn't they do it in three baskets? I don't know. I'm sure I could figure out some typology. But I don't don't have that right now. But I believe it was this. This is the way I want it to be done. And before we go anywhere, there has to be some preparation made. You need to understand something. Before a person can move on with God, they have got to get their mind, uh, amen, wrapped around the idea that I've got to come before the Lord ready, amen. Amen, amen. I want this from God. I want that from God. How much are you willing to dig down and do what needs to be done? I want to see revival. I want to see an outpouring. I want to see an end gathering of soul. I want to see the power of God move in our service. I want to see all of this. How much am I willing to get down and dig the foundation, amen, before we get into it, amen. Amen. Everything was prepared. The clothing had been meticulously prepared in the preceding chapter. You say, "Why is that important?" You know, it's interesting. The Bible tells us uh, in uh, the twenty-second chapter of uh, of, uh, of of Matthew, it talks about a time where that. Uh, that Jesus told a story about a wedding supper and everybody was uh, uh, bidden, and, but those that were bidden were not worthy. and say, So he said, go into the highways and to the byways and, and, uh, and gather as many as they could, bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with gifts, And the king came in and he saw a man without a wedding garment. Uh, hey Amen. And you're like, well, these people came out of the byways. Uh, they, maybe they didn't have money for a wedding garment. It didn't matter who they were. Now I want you to understand something. He went to those that were rich and, and, and he went to those that were poor. He went to the good, he went to the bad. He went to those on the highways and the byways. But everybody had to have a wedding garment. Amen. Everybody had to walk into the wedding supper Prepared. Amen. And so here you go. The clothing was prepared. Amen. Sometimes we tend to think that all of this happens by accident, and it's somehow how we stumble on God, and God stumbles on us. But we know this: that God, the Son of Man, has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And he is seeking those that hunger for him and are needing him. But at the same time, there's a certain amount of self-determination and intentionalism, if that's a word, amen, that has to be a practice. We have got to want it. You want the wedding garment, you got to want it. Amen. So everything was prepared for the priest to become priest. The Bible says that after all of this, after they had gotten the clothing ready, after they had brought the bullock and the rams and and the bread and the oil, the Bible says in Exodus 29 and 4, And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shall wash them with water. Now I want you to notice something. Um, the Bible says this. They didn't say you can take him inside of the tabernacle. And the holy place, enclosed the the uh, the door. He didn't say, and there was a space between the the uh, a small space between the back of the tabernacle and the uh, the wall. He didn't say, go out there behind the tabernacle where nobody can see you, and go out there and wash them. It didn't say, go out in the desert and find a, a copse of bushes and uh, and and wash them. It said, take them to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation where everybody is going to see it, where there is a declaration made. And there may have been some humility involved. I don't know what involved, all, all was involved there. Amen. I don't know if Moses had to wash behind their ears and wash the toe jam out. I don't know. But there was some washing that went on, and it was, and it was in, done in front of the whole assembly. Amen. Amen. There, Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Coming to God, we lay aside our, our pride. When we come to God, we have to lay aside our ego and all of that sort of stuff. And understand that this, this is something, and we talk about baptism. A lot of people think of baptism is just a public declaration, which uh, the Bible said is, it is, it is the washing way of sin. The Bible says we're buried with him in baptism. But I do believe there's an aspect of baptism that we are showing ourselves as part of the bride of Christ. And it's for the world to see. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, and understand that they had to be washed. It was not optional, it had to be done. And then it said in the fifth chapter, or the fifth verse, excuse me, and thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat, the robe of the ephod, and the ephod, and the breast, breastplate. Gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod, and thou shalt put the miter upon his head, and put the holy crown upon the miter. And then shalt thou take the anointing oil, and pour it upon his head, and anoint him. Two things. First of all, he got a new set of clothes. Amen. It wasn't his clothes. He wasn't clothed with his own clothes. He didn't go get a robe and and a, a breastplate and all that kind of stuff out of the tent and put it on. It was the clothes that God had designed for him. Amen. It was the clothes that God had designed for him. Amen. Zechariah 3 tells us a story. It is, I believe, a vision that Zechariah had. He showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at the right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuked thee. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Now, Joshua, the Bible, the high priest says, was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And this could not work out. The Bible says that our righteousness is a filthy rags. Amen. That, that what we are is nothing, it's not worthy. There's a there's a there's a reason I believe that when when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden realized they were naked and put fig leaves upon them sewed them garments of fig leaves God looked at them and said that's not going to work that is not going to work that's your own design that's your own stuff Amen you're going to have to be covered with something dead if you will something's got to die to cover you Amen and uh, and so Joshua was standing there. I don't know where in the vision where he got his clothes, but they were filthy garments. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him and said, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. God replaces the bad with the good, amen. The filthy with the clean. When we become part of the royal priesthood, we get a change of raiment. Amen. We get changed, not with our own, not with our own righteousness. Amen. But it is his righteousness is imputed unto us, and we are clothed with. Him, amen, Uh, amen, a total change, Uh, amen, one that, here's something that I like about this, if you look at this scripture in Zechariah, there's a fascinating thing about this, Uh, the angel is standing there to resist Him, when we come to God, uh, amen, and we change our life, uh, and He puts His garments on us, uh, Those garments have a special power. It is a power against condemnation. Amen. Amen. Whenever we're clothed with his righteousness, there is therefore now no condemnation. Them that are in Christ Jesus, that are clothed in him, that are covered in him. I've had a change of raiment. Devil, you have no power over me. You have no power over me. If I am walking in the spirit. I heard somebody recently say something. I'm going to talk about this just for a moment. I've heard some people say things like people who've got the Holy Ghost can be possessed by demons. That is poppycock. Amen. You lose the Holy Ghost, you backslide. Yes, but if you've got the Holy Ghost, you might be oppressed, you might be assaulted, you might be attacked. But this is... Vessel, If I am robed in the righteousness of God, the devil has no power over me. Come on. If I'm robed in the righteousness of God, amen, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That means no devil is going to come here and run me ragged. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to tell you all something. People get some weird and silly ideas sometimes, and they're not biblical. And a lot of these ideas come from concepts and things that are not in the Bible and not of God. Amen. Whenever somebody starts pulling all kinds of junk out of, the ra- out, of the, out of the hat, all kinds of rabbits out of the hat, says, well, here's this and here's that and all kinds of stuff like that and starts building up all these weird doctors and stuff, Just say, never mind, I don't even want to hear that anymore. We're going to get sick with the word of God. Amen. 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 So there was a change of raiment. And then the anointing oil was poured. Now all of this comes together in the consecration of the priest. Now it's interesting because we find there are three, uh, yes, three different, maybe maybe four. When we take into consideration the bread and the oil, um, values of the sacrifice, but it is all offered on the altar. And it's interesting how this works out. And one thing I want to mention real quickly is the altar. We we tend to think of. The altar, we say, well, we, we use this as an altar. And some churches, and we used to have it, would have an altar bench. Um, you've seen the altar benches. Uh, my, my father-in-law, Grandma Savala, uh, her, they pastored. My father-in-law, Steve Savala, and uh, Brother Steve Savala and Grandma Savala, they pastored in a little town by the name of Littlefield, Texas. And, um, and, and Littlefield, Texas pretty much described it, the name. Uh, it, it, well, not really, because the fields were big there. <laughs> it was wide, flat, and smelled of oil and cows. But uh, it was, uh, uh, its claim to fame was that, uh, I can't remember whether it was Waylon Jennings or Merle Hagger was born there. And that was the only, born there. and That was its claim to fame. But um, it, a uh, uh, little town, about 5,000 people in West Texas. And, and, just, I'm just gonna tell y'all some West Texas is ugly, in my opinion, place in the lower 48. I'll guarantee you. But, uh, but I found something beautiful there. I met my wife there. So, <laughs> and uh, but she wasn't in West Texas. She's a Los Angeles girl, but she happened to be there. But so, but there were some altars there, and they had been built by brother. C.P. Kilgore, most of you probably don't recognize that name, but some of you might recognize the name C.P. Kilgore. He was a, a great, great preacher and a great pioneer of the gospel. And he went through evangelizing through much of the south. And, and I mean, just tremendous things happened whenever C.P. Kilgore were places. And almost everywhere he went, he would build a pair of altar benches. And, uh, and, and I would give my teeth to get my hands on those altar benches. But um, everybody else would too, so I'm not likely to get them. But, you know, but like Brother C.P. Akilgore, one place he was in Hennepin, Oklahoma, which is the middle of nowhere, and he was preaching there, and they had a brush arbor going on, and people came running in and said, your brush arbor's on fire because they saw flames coming from the top. Of the Brush Arbor, and it wasn't fire, not natural fires, Holy Ghost fire. Another time, in the middle of service, a a very tall angel came walking right down the middle. So it's just "Awesome, what happened there?" But anyway, he built those benches. But we look at these altar benches. Well, they're they're altar benches. Used to, people called them mourner's bench. That was a, a term they used for altars. These altar benches, but the altar itself literally means a place of death or a killing place. That's what it means. Amen. And and that is the right way to look at the altar because the altar is a place where things go to die. It's where something goes to die. It's where our will, it's where our passions, it's where our desires, it's where our pride, it's where our eagle ego, not eagle, ego goes to die. You want to kill an eagle, you'll get in trouble. But your ego, it's all right. Amen. Amen. It all goes to die there at the altar. And so they would go to the altar. And the altar was a killing place. Sounds gross, sounds bloody, and it was. Amen. But it was a place where things went to die. First of all, they took the bull. They killed the bull. I won't go into a lot of description. Amen. Uh, But they killed the bull. It was a sin offering. The second one was the first ram, which was a special offering. They burned the entire thing, amen, on the altar before God. And it came up as a sweet savor unto the Lord. The second ram was a ram of consecration or ordination. The words are the same. It was taken with the bread and the oil, and it was offered up to God. The blood of the second ram, or the third animal, if you will, was taken and placed on the right lobe of the ear, the great thumb, or the uh, the thumb, uh, the only thumb, on the right hand, and the great toe of the, of the right foot. Uh, amen. And then the oil and the blood were mixed together, and they were sprinkled on Aaron and his sons and their clothes. Uh, amen. And then they took a part of that ram. It was time for worship now. There was ordination. There was consecration. And they took the part of that ram. Uh, and they began to wave it and lift it before the Lord uh, as an offering uh, uh, to the Lord. Uh, amen. Uh, there's something special about the power of the anointing that is accompanied uh, by the The worship of the king, amen, when we take our sacrifice and we've been anointed by the oil of the Holy Ghost and covered by the blood of the lamb and we lift up our praise, I can't preach this enough, there's something that happens with the church of the living God, the royal priesthood begins to lift up God in praise and worship. Oh, Hallelujah. Amen. With the church, let me tell you all something. There's something we, we've got to get out of ourselves. Let the anointing, amen, of the Holy Ghost flow in our service. The blood of the Lamb has been applied with the new birth. Let the anointing begin to flow. And when the Spirit of God begins to move, lift up your praise lift up your praise lift up your worship and watch God come through when they got done with that and this all goes together the Bible says there's a reason why this all happened. There was a typology and things that were involved here. They took what was left of the meat. Amen. And they took what was left of the bread. And they sat down and they began to eat. It's much like I preached some time ago. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open unto me, I'll come in and dine with him. Amen. After the worship, as the worship happened. Amen. They sit down and they begin to fellowship with God and one another in the spirit. When we begin to lift him up, the Bible says that God, amen, inhabits the praises of his people. When we begin to lift him up, we begin to fellowship with God. There ain't nobody I'd rather fellowship with than the almighty. Hallelujah. I love all of you. And I love fellowship, uh, but there ain't nothing like when me and Jesus uh, get together, uh, amen. Uh, And when the church of the almighty gathers uh, in the place uh, that God has designated for it, uh, and they begin to worship God, uh, amen. God comes down, and we get to get some time, uh, some personal time with Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe that this is, and I'm going to close that this is a preview of our worship here. That Exodus 29 is a preview of our worship, of our consecration, of sacrifices. There's everything that's involved there. There's the blood being applied. There's the washing. Amen. There's the power of the blood. There's the power of the anointing. Amen. We see types of of repentance. We see types of baptism. We see types of the Holy Ghost. We see types of worship. We see a fellowship with God. We see all of this right here in the 29th chapter of the book of Exodus. And I believe that that is a type and a preview of what should happen when the church of the living God gathers together. I also believe that it's a type and a preview of the worship in heaven. In Revelation The fifth chapter, it said, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials of odors, which are prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people. And nation, and you made unto us God, unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. He said, And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and number of them was ten thousand times, ten thousand and thousands of thousands, and saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Oh, I believe when we worship Him we're getting a little taste of what's going to happen around the throne of God when we stand there redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and cry out, Worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's stand and worship the Lord i love you jesus i love you jesus i worship you, lord i worship you hallelujah 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 hallelujah, hallelujah. god you are so worthy god you are so worthy god you are so worthy Ya Rabasya Dayatara Vokoma Ya Ramashayata Ya Rabotata Ya Rabasayatara Bha Rama Satai Come on let's worship him a little bit Hallelujah 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 Oh Jesus 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 Hallelujah Hallelujah Jesus 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 Hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm closing. I'm closing. It's a Wednesday night. I want to say something we come before the Lord, when we come in, I can't say this enough, when we come before the Lord, and we begin to offer up the fruit of our lips, and we begin to offer up the sacrifice of praise, amen, and we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, amen. If you'll notice, it was, it was, there's, there's always certain things that happen together that, that bring the anointing and the power of the Lord, Amen. And the anointing is something that should be upon the people of God. It, it should not be something that we have to manufacture. Amen. If you've been baptized, if you've been repent of your sins, baptized in a name filled with the Holy Ghost, if you're walking in the light of the truth, if you're walking in the spirit, not uh, uh, in the flesh, there ought to be anointing upon you. Yes, Amen. That's part of that. You're anointed with, the Bible says we have an unction, which is anointing from the Holy One. Amen. We shouldn't have to come in here and say, well, I'm going to wait for the anointing to move before I worship. It should already be here. It's what flows out of you and through you and over you. Something that brings the power of the anointing is, is unity. We begin to get together. Instead of this group over here saying, I don't want to worship, this group over here saying, I'd kind of like to worship, and this group over here saying, Well, I'm gonna worship. Amen. What if everybody gets together? I'm gonna to love God, I'm gonna worship God, I'm gonna praise God. And it frees that anointing that God has already given us. So what the Bible says, it tells us that that, that how precious is It is when brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil. Amen. It just flows off the top and down. His beard and off the end of his garments. Amen. It's like when we come together in unity and we're going to worship together and we're going to get together. Amen. When you walk into service. I talked about it last night, and I believe I did, about prayer before service. Get everything out of the way during prayer and service. And get in here and and say, you know what, I'm going to unify with my brethren and free the anointing. When we free the anointing and we wave our offering before the Lord and we lift him up, then that's when God steps in and says, you know what, let's have a little fellowship now. The preaching comes forth. The power of the Lord begins to move. And we began to feel the fellowship and the unity of the body. Friday night at district conference, there were people from all over the state of Arizona and all over the United States that were there. And they got in there. And Friday night, the people just began to get together. There was something special began to happen. Amen. A bunch of old, foggy preachers and their families started worshiping God and lifting God up. And there was unity, brother CJ. There was beautiful unity in that place. And the body began to come together. And the power of God began to flow. And I watched because of the unity of the, uh, of the church. Uh, amen. And everybody suddenly has got their mind off of that wonderful food that they served afterwards. Uh, amen. They're not thinking about the ribs that they saw. Oh, yeah, they were good. Uh, but they weren't thinking about that. after They weren't thinking about any of that. They were, had their mind. Mind on Jesus. And I watched his brother Scott Armstrong got up there and the night before he preached he preached a good message. Amen. But he kind of had to push through some things but he got up there and he began to preach. And because of the unity of the church and the unity of the worship, you want your preacher to preach good. You get unified in worship. Amen. Because of the unity of the worship. I watched the anointing anointing began to flow through that guy. And he got up and preached a masterpiece of a message that flowed with anointing. And you could see the power of the Holy Ghost on him. And when it was all done, Brother Allen described it, God breathed upon us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, that's district conference. That's a bunch of people. Oh, no, that's GVPC. That's what God wants to do right in this place, right here. Oh, when we come together in the unity of the spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's love him again. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I lift you up, oh, Lord. I lift you up, oh, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just keep praying for Sister Keys. Amen. Keep praying. Pray for Sister Wilson. She's going through a hard time today. Amen. Pray for This church, amen. Pray, when you pray for my wife, pray. She may have to have a surgery. If she does, that's, but just pray that God will work.